Welcome to the STEMness Podcast, a podcast produced at the Cohen College of Engineering at the University of Houston, aimed at celebrating trailblazing women in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. You will hear industry leaders, engineering researchers, and female faculty members at the Cullen College talk about their journeys in STEM and how their work impacts the next generation of female STEMinists. Hi there, I'm Mariah Bezewski, recording on behalf of the UH Engineering STEMinist podcast. I'm currently a law student at the University of Houston Law Center, who has my undergraduate degree in electrical engineering from UH's Cullen Cullen of Engineering. I'm joined today by Rosario Malbia, who has been with Shell for about six years and currently works as a facility engineer. It is my pleasure to be able to interview Rosario today after being dear friends with her for so many years. I hope that by listening to this episode, you learn more about petrochemical engineering to careers, leveraging creative outlets as a professional, and potentially even how her project management experience enhances her current role with Shell and her SWE involvement. So Rosario, you're joining us today from Los Angeles, but if there's one thing I learned this year is that Los Angeles is like a Connecticut away from itself. So why don't you introduce yourself, um, give us some more information about your role at Shell and um, like let us know exactly what part of the city you're living in. Yeah, uh, so hello, I'm Rosario Malpia. Um, I do live, as Mariah mentioned, <laughs> Uh, in Los Angeles, and it is it is its own um, kind of mess of network when it comes to traveling in between different parts of Los Angeles. So I am actually just south of LA in a city called Anaheim. Um, for those who may not know about Anaheim, it is exactly where Disneyland sits. Uh, really fun, kind of fun fact is I can actually see the Disneyland fireworks every night from my window, so that's a really fun perk to living in Anaheim. Um, <laughs> uh, and, yeah, and as a Disney awesome. fan, I, I quite enjoy understated. that. <laughs> that is like, that is, that is awesome. That's like so convenient to not have to fight all that traffic to just like go see fireworks. Exactly. Um, but I, uh, so I, I moved out here uh, almost three years ago um, from Houston. I'm originally from Houston. I got my degree from the University of Houston in electrical engineering. Um, and yeah, just that's that's where I started off in Houston. Um, worked with Shell uh, straight out of college as a project manager. Did that for two and a half years before, you know, the pandemic hit, uh, made everything a little uncertain. But unfortunately, uh, I was able to have the opportunity to move out to California in the middle of the pandemic and what better place to be so that you can be outside um, in the wonderful weather and started a new role as a facility engineer out in the Los Angeles area. And uh, yeah, loving it now. Just kind of a California girl now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So you... Did I understand correctly that you changed roles with the move or were you uh, like continuing that project management position during the move and then transitioned, uh, you know, maybe a couple of months after that? No, so I, I the move was specifically for a new role. So it um, 
was an interesting time to be offered a new position right in the middle of so much uncertainty. Do you feel like that? How, what am I trying to ask? I'm trying to ask to, to move and have to reestablish yourself professionally on a new team is already a challenge enough. Do you feel like it was extra challenging with the additional layer of the pandemic uncertainty to it? Oh, absolutely. So moving into any role, um, and I'm sure anyone will, will say the same thing, it comes with its own learning curve. Um, new team, uh, new material, especially when you're moving to a new space, there's even the different ways of working. Uh, but I definitely felt a, a new level of difficulty in the fact that it was a whole new state. Um, so didn't know anyone out here, uh, moved out here. And the unfortunate part of that move being during COVID was I moved out here and my work continued to be virtual. So while I did have a new team and everyone was trying to do their best to handle the situation, I didn't really get to meet my team face-to-face -face for almost a year and a half after that. Um, so it was, it was quite a difficult transition trying to understand the ways of working and um, the, how to handle a physical aspect. So that, that was one of the big perks of taking on this new role is being able to physically be with the asset, so uh, with my terminal of wherever I was going to be working with and see the actual equipment, be able to see things right in front of you. Um, but you know, with, with COVID, it, it, was a, it was very uncertain. A lot of us were not even allowed to come in um, and we had to have certain safety protocols. So it made things very difficult. I think uh, had it not been COVID times, it would have been a lot smoother. I probably would have transitioned into my role quicker. Um, and that just, that's just the professional side of it. I think there, there was definitely a loss in being able to network and get to know people on a more, on a more personal level. And at that, that kind of made things tricky. Because um, with, with every professional job, there is definitely an art to being able to communicate with others. And it's easier when you're in person versus having to deal with the whole, the great awkward of having to do things through, through Teams meetings and videos, and even worse when people don't turn on their cameras. So you're just talking to a floating bubble. Um, but yeah, and, and I think from a personal level, it even made it even uh, added another uh, challenge in that it was the first time that I was moving to a place uh, with a completely new environment of not knowing anyone. Um, so it, it definitely took a hit on a personal level. It definitely, um, there were some times where I asked myself, was this the right choice? What did I just do? Uh, but it, ultimately, it, it gave me the opportunity that I think a lot of individuals may not have if they're not placed in that kind of situation to start looking internally at, um, you know, who, who do I want to be at this at this point in my life uh, from a personal perspective, from a professional, um, and where do I want to fit in? And you mentioned earlier how... Um, I think in the introduction of, of how I also am a part of SWE. So for those who may not know, SWE is the Society of Women Engineers. And that for me was uh, where I was able to find my place, my fit in um, from a professional setting where I can actually network and be among my peers aside from aside from shell everyday kind of work. Uh, and even that, it had to be its own virtual 
setting. Um, but I think it, because it was a little, there was less, less at stake. <laughs> it's a little more casual. I was able to connect with, with people. And as things started to smooth out and, and everyone started to kind of rediscover being around people physically again, uh, it allowed me to find a place that I belonged uh, and made my decision to move out here just even even more solidified for me that it was the right choice for me. Yeah, that's great. Um, when thinking about transitioning to a new team over state lines with people who you're not familiar with and who don't know you, do you have any good takeaways or maybe points of improvement uh, relative to like how to establish your repertoire on a team like that fast? I think uh, really leveraging your teammates. Um, and I can't tell you how many times I've, I've when I first joined, um, kind of a tidbit that works anywhere is, is trying to set up as many one-on-ones as possible, um, especially in the beginning when you have some time because you're, you're rolling into your role and uh, not too many meetings are crowding calendar and setting up those one-on-ones and really talking um getting talking to these individuals and getting to know what their role is not only the team um the greater picture but also how their role directly Im is impacted by your role um, and i found that that was in particularly great because i was also able to ask what is your interpretation of our ways of working or your interpretation of how things um should be done and having that very transparent conversation, um, making it very transparent that I was here to listen and I was here to learn from them, um, kind of made it a very honest conversation. So I got some some information that made me kind of consider of like, whoa, I didn't know things worked that way around here. Um, but at the same time, it made sense with the dynamic of the team. Doing Doing that really helped me get a better picture of the landscape of what we're what I was getting myself into um, and which individuals I can leverage to be on my side for certain things um, and vice versa of where I could support to make the team feel a little bit more cohesive. Um, so I think never really disregard the human aspect of things, being able to communicate with people and um, get that one-on-one -on -one is extremely helpful. Uh, because we can all just read manuals and text. <laughs> and I've done this before where I get a huge book uh, in front of me of just, these are all the processes and procedures, but that's that's only a part of it. Um, I would say that the majority of it is really understanding how to work with people. And if getting to that point really helped, helped in my transition and understanding where I fit in in the greater scheme of things for my business out here, um, especially because within Shell, um, my business out here, there's not as many people. Uh, the Shell is all over the world, but we definitely have little hubs in certain cities. And California, is, it has its people, but it's not large. So getting to know that, that intimate one-on-one um, -on -one conversation and getting to know the team re really helped with that transition, going across state lines um, into a new role and into a new business. Yeah, that's that's so true to recognize the human element of team management. That definitely sounds like some of your project management experience spilling over into this new role. Um, you had mentioned how in these initial conversations with your new teammates, you were 
looking for like what ended up being functionally green flags for future clients or alliance building between your teammates. Um, can you just go into a little detail over what you were looking for when determining like who to align with or like who, who you thought might be open to like collaboration or siding with you on certain issues? So sorry, could you rephrase that? Yeah, you, um, when talking about doing the essentially informational interviews about your role and what the other people on this existing team needed from your role in order to do their job, right? You had mentioned that part of what you were looking for in those conversations was also an indication over um, how how likely maybe is the right word a future alliance could be with them on an issue that came up on the team or something else. And so my question to you was uh, in those conversations, what are you looking for as a personality trait or a, a conversational tidbit that would indicate someone's willingness to mm. potentially be an ally? Got it. Um, yeah. So I, this, this is uh this is all about communicating and working with, with, uh, you know, just kind of our fellow human. Um, and it's definitely an art of just understanding other individuals' perspectives and emotions. Um, and that's something that honestly, through, through, through my internships and through some early on mentorships, I learned to identify earlier on. Um, and so in going into these win-on-ones, it really, it's as simple as just asking, you know, what, how do you see things? Um, but giving that opportunity for someone else to be honest and be able to, to feel comfortable enough to be honest and start sharing whether it's positive and more times than not negative <laughs> um, aspects of how, how they see the process or how they see um, the roles. It, it, really, it really gives that individual kind of the confidence and power to be more open. And when they're more open, I've found uh, no matter the personality, because there's so many different personalities out there, especially with so many um, backgrounds and some and large age gaps in particular in my business, um, having that that trust, that's truly what it is, having that build of trust um, ultimately helps with creating an alliance later on. Um, and it also helps me understand what are some of the things that they're very focused on. Uh, whether it may be the asset management process uh, or how um, how the process is for moving between roles or, or whatever it may be, it really it, it shows me well, what is this character particularly interested in um, because then I can kind of utilize that to to kind of form a relationship and be able to leverage that kind of alliance in the future. Um, yeah, and that, that's really what it is. It's, it's just building building upon that. Because um, for the same reason why every time that I have a, a call with a, it, it really doesn't matter if it's a contractor, client, um, coworker, team lead, uh, really anyone. I really try to take the first couple of minutes of the meeting to just ask how that individual is doing, um, ask a tidbit about their life, like how, how are the wife and kids or uh, how was that ski trip, whatever it may be, because that 
kind of just solidifies again a little bit more of that personal relationship to be able to build on and get that network to work for you later on. Um, and it works vice versa. You know, it's uh, it's a lot easier to work on a team where you feel like you are, you know, a, a critical part of the group, almost like a family, versus if it's very much everyone is siloed um, and kind of like stay in your lane. I think in the in those situations, they can work, but a lot of times it does lead to more conflict than not, just because there's um, a lack of communication going on. Um, and I think it also that that kind of thinking also fosters a lot of competition. I would say it, it fosters a lot of competition of or yeah. or just kind of thinking about how to move over on on your own without really thinking about the greater team. Yeah, that's that's a really good insight. Um, so when thinking about your past experience as a project manager. How is your current role as a facility engineer different? And uh, like, what's the scope of your facility engineer role? Maybe you touch on deliverables or what you do on a day-to-day -day or week-to-week -week basis. Sure thing. Um, so as a project manager, it's pretty straightforward. It's as the title, title indicates I, I manage projects. Um, and the different, uh, and I'll give a little bit more of a background on project management. So in that role, I would be given a project um, that had already been kind of kicked off. Um, and for those that haven't really been involved in the project management world, they're the beginning aspect of project management or developing a project, it's called front-end development. Um, and that's where a scope is, is brought up um, to either develop a project that's going to be a business opportunity or to um, kind of solve a problem that, that a location may be having. Um, and that's kind of developed in its own, kind of created the scope, um, kind of figure out the budget and so forth. So by the time it would make it to my hands, it was really quite straightforward of this is the project, this is the amount of money you can spend, this is your schedule, your anticipated schedule, um, now run with it. Uh, and obviously it's a lot more challenging and more complicated than what I just kind of detailed, but uh, that, that's really the, the intent of it. And it, it really was a, a great job for, for me um, because I had some internship experiences before in the, in the petrochemical industry. So that kind of allowed me to explore a little bit more of the challenging aspect of having to deal with managing projects that were not local. So all of my projects while I was sitting in Houston, Texas, all my projects were out of state. So having to kind of just work on how to manage projects virtually, um, having someone else be your set of eyes uh, in the field, it, it had its own challenges. Um, but from a personal perspective, one of the things is as I continued through, through that role and I enjoyed all my experiences, what I really felt like I was lacking the opportunity to really be on site and see the physical equipment. Um, and, and see the entire process from start to finish and uh, just kind of be more, more boots on the ground. Um, and so when, when this opportunity of facility engineer presented itself, um, it, it was, it honestly presented itself through, through the magical world of networking. Um, I had done quite a few projects out here in California and um, there was a facility engineer lead out in California who uh, had 
I had had multiple one-on-ones with. Um, they had gotten to know me and my work ethic and how I, I run projects. And I had mentioned um, to this individual and, and a couple of others of just, you know, I loved running projects, but I quite honestly, I, I felt a little jealous of, of everyone else out here who was able to see things on a day-to-day basis and be a part of a more fast-paced um, environment. And uh, so it just so happened that at, at the same time that I was looking for my next opportunity, um, they were approved to open up an opportunity. And so they were able to reach out to me to say, hey, you know, if there's a potential opening if you're interested. And I, of course, hopped on the opportunity and and uh, kind of had went through the formal interview process and, and, and it was mine. Um, but ultimately coming out here and, and getting into the role of facility engineer, it I still got to transfer a lot of my project management skills because I still manage projects, but in a different way. So as a facility engineer, I like to say that facility engineer you're kind of the all trades engineer. <laughs> Doesn't matter your background, your degree, um, you, you touch on everything. You're, you won't be um, singled out to just do electrical or just do mechanical or just do civil. You kind of have to do it all. Um, and so in becoming a facility engineer, my role is to make sure that the my assets, so um, I didn't say this earlier in my introduction. So uh, out here in Shell, I am a facility engineer for a terminal a distribution terminal. So what that means is that I manage, um, shouldn't say I manage, my my terminal manages um, where product is coming in from that's already refined or from other customers coming in, we store them or we have them moved to other places. So it's just distributing to wherever it needs to go. Um, whether that be rail, um, truck, marine, there's, there's a number of different ways to transport. But my job is really to focus on that asset, that terminal, and making sure that it's operating as it should, that it's um, it's operating as it should, safely, reliably, uh, and of course, cost effective, because in, in any industry, cost is a very big deal. So kind of summarizing all of that together, um, I still do small uh, project management projects uh, where it's a more focused. So it'd be more of um, we need to get a pump replaced, uh, or we need to do a certain civil, civil structural study. So it's it's a smaller smaller scopes, but a lot more frequent. Um, and by doing so, I'm also getting massive exposure to so many other disciplines and teams than I did as a project manager. So now I work with um, the asset managers. I work with reliability, integrity, sustainability new energies. There's just so many different teams. Um, sometimes it, it's it's a bit of a struggle to have to handle with so many people, but at the same time, I'm in this role getting to see a much greater picture of what it is that my business is doing and the, and the overall intent for the next couple of decades, to be honest. So as a facility engineer, like I, I'm not sure if that really gives a, a full full picture of what it is that I do, but it's, it really is a kind of a, a, the engineer for the facility, the engineer of all trades. Um, and I just make sure that the pro- other projects that are being brought in to be done are supported from a technical perspective. I provide uh, technical assurance, um, process insurance, so a number of things. Uh, 
but yeah, it's, sorry if it's if it's kind of all over the place, but I, I feel like that's that's kind of the nature of the role. Um, and one of the great benefits of of being so broad is, um, you know, even as I'm getting to the point where I'm looking at the next next role for me, I'm getting to explore all the different opportunities that may may interest me. So whether that be business development, operations, um, or being or Maybe I will decide to become more technical and want to do a deep dive into electrical, and that, that may be what I do. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Steminist Podcast. Tune in next time, where we'll be hearing from more amazing women in STEM. Want to listen to more podcast episodes? Check out our podcast website at www.egr.uh.edu to listen and subscribe today.